Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, welcome to another edition of the Celtics Lab podcast. Today it is just me, Cameron Tepitabai, your host, and Dr. Justin Quinn. And we're going to talk about what happened in Boston the other day. It would be really nice to talk about basketball, to talk about Jason Tatum scoring 40 points and looking like a stud, and maybe we'll close with that because that's a lighter side of the street. But we're just going to talk about the, the BS. So, Dr. Quinn... I assumed we'd take it in order of events, which is first, I mean, Kyrie Irving uh, stomps in the middle of the court, and then moments later, a water bottle is thrown at him. And now it is Sunday evening, so, I know Monday evening, long weekend. It's Monday evening, so the fallout has been swift and loud and chaotic. So, Dr. Quinn, let's start with the logo thing, whether or not it's the right thing to spend effort talking about. It's the thing that happened first. So. If somehow people are unaware, at the end of the game, Kyrie, in the process of giving his teammates high fives who happened to be at midcourt, he, it's not even like a stomp. It looks like he was like putting out a cigarette kind of motion on the Lucky the Leprechaun. So what were your, what was your reaction to that? And then what was your reaction to the reaction? Uh, It's a park it with a symbol and it was a symbolic act and symbolic acts can be important. Mm -hmm. This one wasn't. This was not an important symbolic act. It's pretty clear that Kyrie is not a fan of Boston anymore. Maybe he never was. Maybe he was and he isn't. He stepped on a thing that gets stepped on dozens, if not hundreds of times in a game. 
Yes, you put some symbolic meaning into it. In case you haven't been, you know, having a pulse, awake, conscious in the last week or so, <laughs> uh, he's been making it abundantly clear he's not a fan of being in Boston and having to deal with the fans. That's probably connected to the thing that he did. And if it is also connected to this whole Celtic pride ethos, well, guess what? You can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. Well, we could, but I'm kind of old at this point in my life to become a basketball player. Oh, with um, that attitude. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, so are you for the most part. I mean, realistically, anybody who isn't already a basketball player is probably never going to be able to actually, quote unquote, do something about the thing that he did in a symbolic sense that is meaningful. So who cares? Well, I'm going to take a different stance and that, so neither of us, if anyone has ever listened to this podcast, doesn't, doesn't already know that we're not athletes of any consequence. So when I first saw it, I haven't really heard anyone say this. It's so corny. It's such a lame thing to do. Like, not like lame, disrespectful, lame, like, oh, the history. It's just like really corny. It's such a silly, silly, almost cute. It's like almost childish in how corny it is. Like, ooh, I'm going to stamp on the leprechaun. I have been interested in how many people whose opinions I do respect have been offended. And I'm thinking back to other moments, like when the Ravens stomped on the Titans logo. It, it has value and cachet in a way that is astounding to me that is really silly to me uh but clearly it's a it's a currency of a sort that the logo means something and respecting the logo means something fair enough but man i i don't get the outrage even though he's the villain if derek jeter to the, did it to the red sox thing like cool I, honestly that's hilarious and great and that why we like sports maybe kevin garnett and big baby and Others who have been in the trenches, so to speak, really do bleed that stuff. And it really did offend them deeply. And I can, I can respect that. That's their profession to, to care that deeply. But for someone who talks on the radio, for someone who just like, out in, yeah, just out in the world, if anything, that's what you want out of the, the villain in the story, right? Is like a little bit of drumming things up it's it's actually nice that this is like an accessible thing that Kyrie did because when Kyrie comes into Boston as the villain and says hey by the way this is a racist city okay you got us I'm really not gonna refute you on that one Kyrie so as a fan my ability to be like oh evil Kyrie the new Derek Jeter is kind of shortchanged and maybe that's what Kyrie meant or maybe he was bringing up an important thing which I think he was this one is like oh he stomped on the logo boo and it's it's worth getting a little upset because sports are stupid and like, let's have a, a little bit of stupid fun. Yeah, sure. But good. Jeez. I just, uh, I'll swing it to you. Maybe we're overreacting, but it just feels like everyone has just lost their cool. Uh, are we that desperate to have something to talk about? Uh, I mean, kind of a little, uh, this is great bulletin board material. I will give them that if it is, what the team needs to motivate themselves to pull off an improbable game five win on the road, then so be it. I'm all for it. Uh, and your point to ex Celtics, current Celtics, people in the Celtics organization, they 
built that. And they have a right, you know, his former teammates have a right if they were trying to build something together. And he did that without the context being shared uh, with the seeming disrespect to the tradition that he claimed he wanted to be a part of. Like, I get all that. But I mean, for, and this is, you know, I'm going to jump ahead too far, but for most people to be beside themselves with, with ire on this. It's just, I don't understand what it is you think you can do about it that is within the bounds of acceptable social behavior, hinting at where we should probably take this. Sure, and, let, and let's segue. I will say, one of the things that I noticed of myself is a few days ago that really great picture of Smart lying on the logo came out. Mm-hmm. So the logo means something to all of us. So even to me, who I'm openly saying it was a silly, silly thing to do. Not silly because it was rude, silly because it was unfair, just like it was silly because it's something like a third grader would come up with. It may, it, whoever bleeds Celtic green blood in any capacity, I think it symbolically means something, even if it's the most childish, most ridiculous thing anyways. So just for clarity's sake, following that incident, a more important incident happens. And we don't know if this kid uh, saw the stomp and it's related. We don't know if he was inebriated. We don't know the kid. We're not going to pillar him, nor are we going to let him off the hook, I don't think. But a kid from uh, the nosebleeds, or I guess not, I guess from the lower level, but whatever, throws a water bottle that had some amount of water because it went far, so probably dangerous enough, throws it and it grazes Kyrie's head or it nearly grazes Kyrie's head. But anyways, someone throws a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. Independent of all of this, in the same week that people are spitting on players, that people are throwing popcorn on players, that people are costing players families. So, yeah, the logo thing, whatever. The water bottle thing, not whatever. Uh, What do you think? I think that they are throwing the book at this kid and maybe... He is the victim, quote-unquote victim, of Mm -hmm. a bunch of things happening beyond a 21-year-old who had too much to drink and made a very bad decision. I'm not defending the kid. What he did was reprehensible. He should be banned for life. He is banned for life. I, I don't know how I feel about the criminal justice system entering into the picture of something where he could just be banned for life. Sure. I mean... He's lost the opportunity to ever do that on a, on a Celtics home court ever again. Mm-hmm. If he cares so much about the Celtics, I can't really see what more of a punishment they can give him that is going to mean something in a context that is important to what happened. Uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong on this, but it seems, it seems a little disproportional and it seems kind of like he is being made an example of at an extreme end of the spectrum because of Kyrie's comments. And I don't know, like I do think that maybe leaving in cuffs and going down to the station and having to be bailed out of jail on a lesser charge. And I'm not enough of an expert on criminal law to say whether or not, like I do know the difference between assault and battery. And if it graze him in any way, shape, or form, it is battery. It rises to that. All you have to do is say, I'm going to get you, and you have just committed assault legally right. in terms of definition. So, for doesn't people, someone have to press charges? You know, I don't know who is pressing charges. Is the arena? Is Kyrie? I'm not real clear on that. It wasn't real clear to me. 
doesn't really matter too much in my book. I do think there is some good optics in that the person who did the thing was taken out in handcuffs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be preventative. Uh, I don't know if there is going to be any kind of restore restorative justice going on from this. I don't know if there's any definition of justice is going to be met by these really seemingly to me from my uneducated position, aggressive charges of assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. That, that, that also feels like if you're the lawyer, that's probably biting off more than you can chew. Yeah. I, it's so hard because he's, he's a kid. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big whoopsie. I mean, let's not mince words. You shouldn't throw things at people. You shouldn't throw things at people who are not looking and you shouldn't throw things at professional athletes. Certainly in that context. And Kyrie is right that, that, that there's underlying racism involved here. I mean, it's not that American athletes are uniquely targeted by hooligans. It's not that athletes in this moment are uniquely targeted, but in this context, I think we can say that we don't see this as often with white athletes as we do with black athletes, certainly not in the NBA. And I, and I even if that is a lens that is harder to apply, if it's the lens that Kyrie is operating under, that's pretty terrible. And that's pretty fair for him to, to choose to see it through that lens, which I, I think I subscribe to as well. Yeah, if this, if this kid was a Steve Bartman, just like a pariah, like, hey, you, you overstepped your bounds. That's messed up. Don't do that. That's one thing. But I do, I do think there is a context where, like, as Vernon Maxwell and others have pointed out in the past few days, like, fans have been terrible for a long, long time. But I also think that this moment is different. Um, last time we talked, we kind of teased about Naomi Osaka. We never got around to it. This time around, it's even more of a thing, which is, I think relationships between fans and players and media are reaching a tipping point. What that is and what the other side is, I don't know, but I, I think it's necessary. I, I'm sure whoever is still listening to this podcast is sick of me bringing up COVID. But, and I was thinking about it the other day that the numbers match uh, accordingly. I think I've used this metric before and the, the number has continue to rise, that if you've been to the Vietnam Memorial on the Washington Mall in D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The equivalent COVID memorial just for Americans would be literally 10 times that size. Wow. And maybe it's because it's Memorial Day and Jake Tapper's just like ruining my Twitter experience today or something like that. But I just think that maybe we didn't move on from... Vietnam with any grace or lesson learned. I mean, ask the people of Grenada. But maybe we need to have a moment of inflection after COVID where empathy is different, where the way we relate to people is different, where uh, decisions and outcomes are different. Maybe we need to change the script because it's clearly not working for the athletes. And if this is an entertainment product, well, that's the game, isn't it? Uh, So I... I recognize that people have thrown water bottles at fans for a long, long time. And a lot of athletes who are saying like, chill with your 
pearl clutching. That's just like a world I've never operated in. No one throws water bottles at me at my workplace. Oh, I'm sure it's the same for you at any workplace you've literally ever worked at, Justin or anyone listening. So standing up saying like, hey, please don't throw water bottles at me is a pretty fair take. Um, Justin, I'm going to swing to you, but I, I'm going to, well, I still have the mic, so to speak. I'm just going to read uh, Kevin Durant's comments because A, they were great, and B, they were taken so out of context that that in and of itself is a story. So uh, if you thought my Marcus Smart impression was tops, here's my Kevin Durant impression. We know, we know how these people here are in Boston, how passionate they are about Kyrie in particular. They're still upset at him. That's no reason for them to act childish, Durant said. Uh, Fans got to grow up, grow up at some point. I know that being in the house for a year and a half with the pandemic got a lot of people on edge, got a lot of people stressed out. But when you come to these games, you got to realize that men are human. We're not animals. We're not in the circus. We're coming to the game. You coming to the game is not all about you as a fan. Have some respect for the human beings and have some respect for yourself. Your mother wouldn't be proud of you throwing water bottles at basketball players or spitting on players or tossing popcorn. Grow the bleep up and enjoy the game. It's bigger than you. Uh, Dr. Quinn. Yeah, I don't know how I follow that up. Uh, (laughs) I don't disagree with any of it. Uh, Realistically, that seems to be a big part of it. The coalescing of not just COVID, but everything that was going on during COVID, we had the most tense moment of race relations in a generation. And we really haven't quite healed that. We may never heal that. Probably we will never heal that. I don't even really know how to articulate this, but there's just so many things swirling around right now that are just kind of unfinished sentences, I guess is the way to put it. Conversations that haven't quite been finished yet, haven't quite been resolved, and we don't know how fandom is going to be. I don't know how I'm going to be reporting on games at the start of next season, or if I will be reporting on games directly being here in Mexico City. For the fan experience, it's almost like it's being reinvented. That being said, There is never going to be a time, in my opinion, where it is acceptable to be treating entertainers or any kind of workers as disposable objects that you mistreat when they don't do the things that you want. Right. And whether it's courtside Karen or popcorn or water bottles, it's the disrespect. It's, I mean, sometimes it is dangerous, but it's the the lack of respect that's really upsetting. And, And what sucks really is, there's so many moments where the fans make the experience and so many players have since said as such, you know, it's a a bad apple, all these horrible kind of idioms. Uh, But like when you see your favorite player, high five a courtside fan or in the tunnel, greet a kid who's on their mom or dad's shoulders or something like that. Like we, we obviously would love the fan experience and we've been fans ourselves, but I do think that, and I don't know if you can legislate to make sure that 17,000 people who walk in TD garden are going to be, smart, outstanding people. I would hope so, but I don't know if you can always account for it, but certainly there's work to be done. Like you said, I don't know. I I can't imagine anyone listening to this podcast would or knows directly people who would act like that much of an ass at a sporting event. But certainly it's incumbent on all of us to find out who these people are. I mean, this is a, not a Celtics lab podcast, but I'm sure there's an echo chamber online on Celtics 
social right now that is just people talking about the logo and maybe going as far as to say Kyrie deserved the water bottle incident because people have offered conne- the connection of those dots. I don't think that many people have come out and just said it. I mean, that, that's pretty part of my French shitty line of thinking, but I don't know. I don't, I, I didn't expect you and I to solve it, but I also, and I kind of did expect that we would both just kind of feel glum and blah. It's, it's a weird last note. I mean, odds are tonight is, who knows, Monday night. <laughs> They're going to play on Tuesday. The next time you and I talk might very well be when the season is over. And this is the the final taste in our mouth. I mean, I don't want to give that kid that much power, but symbolically it kind of feels that way. I'm not really sure what is going to become of this, but it's not a Boston problem. It's an NBA problem. And Boston does have its own specific special extraordinary examples of racism it also has specific extraordinary examples of fighting racism as an organization and i just want to go back to the footing that a lot of the same people who were pissed off about the logo stomp had to say or i would imagine gravitate towards the perspective of people saying that they have never experienced racism in Boston. It's not the point. The point is these things are happening. And if you don't see the racial connection between a majority African-American league and people treating them as objects rather than humans worthy of respect, then no amount of my talking is going to change your opinion, but it's not incumbent on just Boston to fix this problem. It's incumbent on all of us to fix this problem. It's incumbent on the Celtics organization to not respond to allegations of racism by saying, I haven't seen them. Mm -hmm. It's incumbent on them to say, well, I'm not sure where this is coming from, but we're going to get to the bottom of how we can prevent these kinds of things from happening. The footing should be, we will, do what we can to solve this. We will talk to who we need to talk to, find out what they have to say, and we will do whatever we can to prevent this from happening. This is a league-wide problem, but it's also fair to point out that it is, historically speaking, an extraordinary one in Boston. And at the same time, it's okay to get really emotional about basketball. The key is, particularly with the issues that we've been discussing, not to get too emotional. Yeah, I mean, independent of everything else, I think that's well said, is if you're a diehard Celtics fan, I mean, so here's my perspective, and perhaps it's an unpopular one. I like Kyrie. He's so good at basketball, and I like basketball. I love the Celtics, but, man, I really like seeing people excel at basketball. And he is a confusing person, but he's a great villain of I'd rather him as a villain. He's much more dynamic than LeBron ever was. LeBron was a pretty straightforward villain, right? So it's not always the perfect villain, but he's a great villain. And so if I'm a Celtics fan and I want to best this villain, it's not <laughs> through defeating him with water bottles. It's not uh, going to be taking the low road. And look, this one kid, I mean, we had two games that went off, I guess, without incident, save the water bottle. I mean... I, I don't know. I don't know what was said. I wasn't at the game. I didn't hear everything. I'm sure there were, were some equally borderline events. 
But man, like if you want to beat Kyrie, don't do it by being a low life. Just be a, a passionate fan and let Jason Tatum cook. I mean, maybe not in game four, but game three, the, the big, really the reason the Nets lost game three was because of Kyrie. That was fantastic. If you hadn't thrown a bottle, water bottle at him, and I know it's just one kid, you know, he would have left Boston feeling like, hey, they kind of got the better of me. I mean, he showed up pretty good in game four, but it's just, again, Bartman, like the guy in Chicago, like a million years ago, is a perfect example. When in the heat of the moment that we can't legislate how everyone behaves, but whatever you got to do to take the, so maybe going after foul ball is, I mean, it's terrible. And I mean, that poor man, I hope he's okay. But whatever you got to do to not, yell hateful things to to not just the basketball games which is like in your life uh, is between you and your family and your people and whatnot but it's got to go away because not only is it making basketball a less enjoyable experience for everyone else but in other parts of life I think it's just reaching a tipping point where it's getting old or it's it's getting to a point where people just aren't able to put up with it in the same way I don't know the the old guard kind of trying to give Kyrie advice through Twitter is a really interesting phenomenon to me. Um, if they truly can't track down his phone number or his email address, that's interesting in its own right, but kind of using what happened to Kyrie to grandstand about how tough you are or the good old days or how much you love the logo. I mean, everyone's entitled to the internet. That's our public garden of choice, I suppose, but it's just been such a disappointing few days. I mean, part of why we're having this conversation is just because it's, outrageous there's no way to really have a clear thought and thinking out loud is one of the ways to kind of see what you're thinking i suppose i'm surprised at some of the things that came out of my mouth so uh dr quinn final thoughts tatum looked great huh let's just say that i am very excited to see a jason tatum who can deploy getting to the line to nearly double his usual scoring when things aren't working out for him otherwise the concept of that wedded to a roster that makes a lot more sense and has healthy players particularly jalen brown on it and robert williams i am very excited for this offseason and (laughs) i don't want it to come sooner but when it does come i'm ready i read that tatum's including the play-in game has averaging 12.4 trips to the free throw line which uh if you go check out celticshub.com you can read about that and the many other ways that i think he can become a super duper star yeah i'm excited for the off season in some ways too because this season just unequivocally cursed um so uh if you if anyone is still listening i can't imagine if anyone's still listening and you don't have complete thoughts about uh what happened with Kyrie in boston with the logo with the water bottle fear not because justin and i are the best in the business and we don't have complete thoughts on either so solidarity and feeling blah about a stupid thing that happened Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. 
When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.